So I woke up this morning, and um, something that was uh, resonating in my spirit this morning was uh, Song of Solomon 8.5. Who is that coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? And I felt like the Lord said, welcome back. I feel like a lot of us have um, gone through a really difficult season. I know that I have personally gone through a really difficult season. And sometimes when the enemy comes in, he does it in a way that you don't expect it, you know, and it kind of surprises you, and, and you feel kind of sucker punched, you know. And it takes the air out of your sails. It takes kind of the air out of your, out of your life. And, and that place that your heart is filled with hope, it kind of just like, it goes like a balloon, goes and and um, and so you're down, you know, you're down for the count, and uh, you're you're on one knee, man, and you're just trying to kind of recover and, and gain some air back in your lungs. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Am I alone here or what? And uh, and and so you're down there, and you're down there, and you're down there, and you spend time in that place on your face, uh, feeling like you're going to die. And, um, and, you, and you go th- what goes through your mind over and over and over is, uh, how did I get here? <laughs> how did this happen? And so you, you kind of take inventory of your life and your heart and your love, and you're, you're like, Lord, you know, am I in sin? Am I, you know, how is this? How do, and, and, and the other thing you're asking yourself is, how do I get out of this? How do I recover? Can I recover? And so you go through that season of wilderness and you're just mourning. You know, you're mourning a loss of of either what you thought something was going to be or, um, or, or, you know, just trying to get to the place that God has called you to be, you know. And so you're just wrestling it out and wrestling it out. And I felt like the shift into this new year, I felt something change. And, and, I, and it was so tangible to me, so real to me, that I began to feel kind of a, a, like a, a shining and a vibrancy coming back to my heart. And, um, and even this weekend, um, I just had the, John went, hunting you know I, I live with boys now I used to live with girls and it was awesome because we'd all just sit around and giggle and do our nails but now I live with boys and so they like to do things like kill stuff so so they go and my son you know has several big guns and then he puts on his camo and he's all strapped down and ammo and camo and and guns and and he goes out, all, and you know, there's no bathing involved in this weekend. And so they leave the house, praise God, to go kill stuff. But the good thing is, is that leaves me an opportunity to just spend time with the Lord. And, um, and so uh, this weekend, I felt like I found um, my beloved again. Because when, you're, when you've been punched in the gut and you've lost your air and you're down you it's hard because you can't really see because don't you know that the enemy all and all of his minions 
they're um, they're the rebels, you know. They're all the rebels that left the good guy. They left God, and so they're all rebellious. And when rebellion hits you in any way, shape, or form, it creates a confusion, and and the, and that's really the wilderness where we are. I mean, it could be money, it could be relationships, it could be any form of lie that the enemy wants to perpetrate upon us. But I just felt so strongly in my spirit this morning just over and over who is that coming up out of the wilderness and I just saw us like coming up off our knees leaning on our beloved like we found our home again and our home wasn't ministry and our home wasn't works and our home wasn't any of this but our home was a man and we said, wait a minute, I've set my gaze on another lover, and that other lover was, was the promise of what God said instead of the promisor of who God is. And I, and, I, and I was so wrapped up in the promise, and I was so wrapped up in what God was supposed to do for me that I lost sight of, of, of the man who is Christ Jesus, who is my beloved, and who is my lover. And, and, I, 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 and, I, and I found him again. And it's not that the whole time I wasn't like searching, but it was weird because when you get hit, it's like I, 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 my searching begins to go inward. And I just, I just wanted to share that with you guys because I, you know, y'all are my family. And I, I, and I know that we all kind of go through stuff together because we all go through seasons like this, you know? And so this weekend, I felt like the Lord said, you have a choice to make. And the way that you've known it in the past is not going to be the way forward for you anymore. And he said, I need you to re-up on this deal, but I need you to do it in a new and a better way. And, and, and the, the, what, what's going to happen now is the enemy, what the enemy meant for evil, I'm going to turn it for good. Because he tried to kill you. And he was really successful. But he worked that out because I really needed you to die. I really needed to die. And I needed to be hung on a cross. I needed somebody to nail me to a cross. So that I could have resurrected life. And that it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. You see, God is not looking for a bunch of religious people. He's not looking for a bunch of seeker-friendly, church-going people. He is looking for those who have died and died well. And I tried so hard in this past season to survive. But that's not what he was looking for. He doesn't want us to survive. He wants us to go ahead and say, all right, I surrender. I'm done. I don't know how to build my life, and I don't know how to build this ministry. Preach it! I don't know how to do it, but I know that you do, and I know that you're good, and I know that you're faithful, and I trust you even as I'm covered in ash. Because ash makes the great fertilizer for a beautiful garden. Hmm. And so he's, 
He just said, are you ready to re-up on this deal? But he said, I want you to know that you think that you've sacrificed, but this is going to cost you everything. And he said, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And he said, all you have to do every day is not give up. And I'll do the rest. And I just feel like that's a word for all of us. That as long as we continue to rise up and say, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. And look him square in the eye and say, that devil will not win. Because you're worthy, God. You're worthy of my sacrifice. And I bring that to your altar. And it is brokenness. And I am placing every hope and dream and and aspiration and every part of who I am. I'm going to lay it on the altar. And I'm going to say, you know what? Not my will, but yours be done, God. Because the glory that you are working out in me is going to be greater than the glory that I could do for myself in this earth. Because I have the ability to build and I have gifts and callings and all of us do. But we don't have the ability to get ourselves to the place that God is taking us. So we just got to do this. I know my daughters hate it when I say this, but Jesus take the wheel. (laughs) That one was for you, Ashley. So I'm doing this series called The Givers. And that's the thing about this exchange, you know, this great exchange. You know, we fight for our right to live and we fight for our right to be comfortable and we fight for our our right to be esteemed and valued because every one of us wants to to have respect and honor. Every one of us, you know, we we just want to be seen, you know. We want people to value who we are and what we carry. We want our voices to be heard, and that is so, that is, God put that in us. And, and, but there's something about exchanging that happens where we are really called actually to give ourselves away so that we become less and others become more. And when it, within this, we actually will get to the higher place in God, the higher place in our calling in God, because we will be in Christ in the process. And so this series on givers is not for me to tell you, I want you to give me your money, but I do want you to give me your money. And, 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 and listen, it's not for me, but God very clearly in his word said, you better support my priests. You better support those who have laid down their lives to be in the place of prayer and worship so that we can begin to shift the atmosphere over a city. And so everybody gives, everybody gives, and, they, and, and, and as we give, again, and it weakens us in a weird sort of way, you're like, 10%, what? And then he goes, yeah, you gave 10%, that's awesome, now give 20. And so he weakens us so that he can bless us. It doesn't make any sense. It's like downhill skiing. How many of you downhill ski? Remember that first time when you were learning to ski, and you're like, you want me to lean downhill as I'm going downhill? <laughs> And you're like, you know, you could, it was echoed, it, you know, avalanches were starting as I was screaming the first time they sent me down that hill. And I thought, you know, I, 
And that was before I was saved, so I was up on the mountaintop going, uh, yeah, I think I need a drink <laughs> before you send me down this mountain. Today, I would be going down the mountain like, I'll show you drinking. <clears throat> so anyway, it's like downhill skiing. It doesn't make any sense. Lean into the mountain. Lean into the mountain. What? The mountain of God? What? I don't understand this. But he said this. He said this in Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you good measure. Press down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it would be measured back to you. So I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm like looking for, because I'm very competitive. Those that know you, don't play games. If you know me, don't play games with me. It's bad. Any kind of game. Ultimate Frisbee. Now listen, I'm 55 and I will win at Ultimate Frisbee. I may be crawling dead, you know, I don't care, man. I am so competitive. So here's the thing. I am going to win and I am going to win big on this thing. And if he says give if I give, then I will have an abundance. I want the I want to be the one at the end that has the most glory, the most fun, the most healings, the most um, intimacy, you know, I want, I want a 12 out of a 10 Richter scale. Overflowing. Don't you want that? I mean, are we really going to do this and not go all the way? You know, are we really going to do this and not take a city? You know, are we just going to go through the exercises of religion and go, yeah, this is awesome. No, I want to, yeah, no cotton candy. No. Big, fat, juicy ribeyes, you know? Let's just get out the steak knives and say, I want to eat of your glory, God. <clears throat> so, we talked about money, giving money. Um, Matthew, the second part of the givers, he talked about prayer and worship and how we give ourselves in the place of prayer and worship and how glorious it is. Because the truth is, guys, um, we're not a church. I mean, I hate to, I mean, it, we're, I just, we're not a church. We meet on Sundays so that we can gather together. But the Lord never said to me, I want you to go build a church. He said to me, rebuild my temple. He said, I want you to start a house of prayer. I want you to minister to me in the place of prayer. I want you to bring the ark of my glory into the city and I want you to raise up a company of people and I want you to train them in how to pray. And you think to yourself, well, wait a minute, that is so boring. <laughs> Lord, can't you do something like teach them how to, I don't know, uh, do backflips. Can you teach them how to uh, do the uh, merengue, you know, teach them, or how's that, what's that dance? The salsa. Can you teach them something? You know, because I love fun. And so I'm like, prayer, that to me on, on the scale of fun is like, I don't know, two. But then he taught me how to pray. And I thought, woo, this is the wildest ride I've ever been on. Everybody else is missing out if they don't know how to pray like this. So, yeah, okay, so, so first... We are a house of prayer. Right. What did Jesus say? My house is to be called a But you've made it a den of thieves. See, our house of prayer is really the engine of everything that happens here. 
Have you ever tried to run a car without an engine? It doesn't go very far. It's the Flintstone car. <laughs> it's bad with stone wheels. In this place of prayer, we receive personal ministry from the Holy Spirit. We intercede for our city. We intercede for the nation. And that could be a lot of things. It depends on what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. It's like, hey, heads up, you got something coming across the southern border. Okay, shonde ala baka You know, so we pray. We pray to hold back darkness, and we pray so that we release the greatest amount of light. Let me tell you what, you create a portal between here and the third heaven, and the angels come flooding in, and all of a sudden, you've got all these pastors, bam, 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 getting encountered by the Holy Spirit, having dreams, angels showing up before them. Why? Because there was a company of people, a company of people that said, I'm going to give myself to this, because I didn't get into this to, have, to be entertained by a church service. I did not get into this to just come and sit and listen to someone teach, but I got into this to see a city saved and a nation changed. Right? So we intercede for the nation of Israel. Everything we do is to set a table so that heaven can come. To set a table so that you can get to heaven. When we open this place up in prayer, what happens is your prayer life, and most of the people that come here that aren't dreamers or don't prophesy, somebody said to me the other day, they said, everybody at your church prophesies. And I was like, I know, isn't it awesome? <laughs> I mean, you can't turn anywhere without getting a prophecy. And it's right! It's not like, ooh, false prophet. No, I mean, it is an accurate word of the Lord. Well, that just really blesses my heart. A guy told me, um, I met a guy in um, a Mac store, Apple store. I don't know. No, get behind me, Satan. <clears throat> no, so I met this guy, and he goes, I know you. You are from the house of Zerubbabel. And I was like, mm, yeah, I used to be called that. But anyway, <laughs> that's another story. Um, and he said, oh, yeah. He said, I was talking to my pastor about you guys. Y'all are the house of the prophets. And I thought, wow, that's an incredible compliment. Yeah, we are. But again, um, the inner expression of who we are is the heart of God. The heart of God is that he just wants to talk to his kids. You know, he is worthy we need, listen to me, some of you need to go home. You need to go back and find him and return home. A lot of us are prodigals. You know, we're like, oh, we're so busy. Some of us need to turn off our televisions and take back our world. Some of us need to, to, to turn off our sports, see whatever it is. What's that? I don't even know. Sports channel. <laughs> Thank you. You know, turn off our Facebook. Some of us need to take our phones and put them across the room so the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning isn't check Facebook. Am I, am I preaching to you or what? Preaching to myself. But wake up first thing in the morning going, hey, God, what are you doing today? Show me a couple of pictures about what, what's going on. You know, take a selfie, God. 
Where are you? Oh, you're in Hawaii today. That's awesome. What you're surfing on the waves. That's so cool. You know, just whatever. Just get there. Go home. Go home. Go home. He misses you. So most people see churches, what can you do for me? However, what creates momentum is those that serve. Those that give will get. Those that give, those that, that become the least of these will become the greatest in the kingdom. Those that serve, those that help, those that encourage will become um, the greatest. And it creates momentum and growth, and that activity is through giving. So ask yourself a question. Am I here to serve the house of God or am I here to serve the God of the house? Because it makes a difference. Because a lot of us who come, we want to serve. We do want to serve. I mean, everybody genuinely is like, you know, I've got the generosity of God. I'm looking at all of you and all of you are so generous with God. But our motivation in the, and, and, and for serving the house of God a lot of times we get caught up in being promoted or being seen. or, But if we're serving the God of the house, then we work as unto the Lord. And everything we do is about worship. Everything that we do. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, the first four or five years, I was cleaning the toilets. Literally. Every day. <laughs> you know? I mean... Vacuums, chairs, we, we've all done it all. Painted these walls. I mean, it's like I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm like, let's do this together. If everybody does a little, then the burden doesn't fall on the few. And if we all just say, you know what, I'll take 5%. I'll take 5%. I'll do my share, you know, and I'll help to be a living stone in, the, in what God is doing in this house. See, a byproduct of true discipleship is that along the road of his will, where your life gets laid down, you will actually find your true self. You'll actually find who you are. And I don't know about you, but I'm not sure that I have fully even met the real me. I'm a, I am, the more that I leave this earth, the more that, that my flesh leaves, the more real I become and the, and the more Tracy I am. And so as we lay our lives down, we actually find our lives. I think that's in the Bible. <laughs> One of the things that I tell our leadership and I said, my motivation is not to build a megachurch. My motivation is not to get more people. My goal is not to get more people. I mean, there's a thousand different church models out there, and you can tweak them and say, oh, you know, this one's real, this one's that, this one's the other thing. And, uh, but for me and my house, my motivation, my objective is to get more of God. And so it's anything that I can do to create a landing strip for the Holy Spirit in this house. That's what is the driving force behind everything that we do. 
And I want to train an army. I want to train an army. And I don't need a massive church. I want 120. I'm like, God, give me the Gideons. Give me the ones who know how to drink that water. Give me the ones who are sold out. Give me the ones who, are, who are, have wildfire in them. You know, because the thing about wildfire is it burns everything around it. And I'm, I am really wanting to set some fires in this city. I am really wanting to set some fires in your families. Didn't they have a conference about that wildfire? Weird fire? Strange fire. Woo! That's not us. <laughs> However, it does look a little strange when it comes. So the Lord told me, he said, you're, he said, this is what you're going to do. You're a birther. Sorry, guys. Sorry. You're a birther. And you're called to give birth to Zerubbabel's baby. That's weird. I know. But again, wildfire. And, uh, you know, the thing about what's coming is what's coming hasn't ever been seen before. So if you see something that looks familiar, it's probably not it. Because you'll know it when it comes. It's kind of like when I ask my mother, hey, how do you know when you're in love? And she gave me the most profound answer. She said, you just do. (laughs) That makes no sense to me. And I said that because I'd never been in love. But then when I was in love, I was like, she was right. How do you know you're in love? You just do. You just know. How do you know when the thing that's never been seen before shows up? You just do. So our objective is to train up warriors in the army of the Lord, and we will train you how to pray. We'll train you how to prophesy. We'll train you how to evangelize. We'll train you how to cast out demons. We will train you how to heal the sick. Okay? One of the things that we don't really have around here are pacifiers. Sorry. Sorry. I do not pastor demons. We will kick them out and then we'll love you as they're going out and help you to learn to do all of this. And here's the thing. The more that you're doing this, like Jesus said, preach the gospel and go do all this stuff, guess what happens? All the things that you think you're, you're, are weighing you down, they'll actually begin to just fall off. Because you will, the fire of God, you'll be seeing people saved and set free and healed and delivered. And you're like, this is amazing. I'm having so much fun. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. So the Lord told me, he said, you know, and, and all of this, you know, when I talk about prophecy and evangelism and all this stuff, it all comes from prayer. You know, the, I heard uh, a lot of books I've, I've not heard of. Well, I've never actually read any of these books, but I know there's a lot of books about live your best life now. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> live your best life now. And, 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 and the thing is, is that I, I don't want to teach you how to live your best life now. The Lord told me if you teach them to pray, then you don't have to tell them how to live. Because he, you just plug yourself into the source and actually you'll get your best life now. 
because you're like, whoa, we should be doing, we should be the three o'clock people all the time. You know, it's like I'm doing a cheer. How many of you are cheerleaders? Raise your hand. Okay, I didn't make that squad. I always wanted to, but I didn't. So I did drugs instead. <laughs> right? So anyway, three o'clock. So hold on to heaven and give heaven away. Hold on to heaven and give heaven away. Isn't that fun? It's like three o'clock all the time. Whatever, all you girls that didn't make the cheerleading squad know what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> Come on, girl. Oh, Shelly, I love you. All right. So the goal of this series is to communicate different ways to be a giver and different ways that you can grow in your gifts, talents, and service at Storehouse. Um, I'm going to introduce you to some ways that everyone can get connected in life and in a giving way to our family. Connectivity produces growth. A family that is connected in love creates the right soil for a seed to really grow. I love community. I, you know, I have more friends today than I have ever had in my whole life. The more that I get delivered and my heart comes, becomes free, the more people I love. And, it, and remember when, when uh, before you were saved, you only hung out with people that were like you? I mean, it was like, well, they don't dress like me or they're not cool like me or they don't whatever, you know. And so I was like this cookie cutter. I wanted people that were just like me. But now I love everyone. I'm just like, oh, you know, you're an IT guy. I have no idea what you do, but I love you. You know? Oh, you, li you like country music. I, I love you. You know, it's just like, I don't get it, but okay. <sighs> All right. Um, I'm going to move this thing along. I just wanted to tell you that, uh, just quickly, are you guys having fun? Okay. All right. In the Acts Church, all right, we're just going to have to do that. We're going to have to go there. In the Acts Church, they did four things. They prayed, they fellowshiped, they took communion, and they broke bread. There were four things that they did, okay? Right before they started doing those four things, the Holy Spirit had fell, and um, 3,000 got saved. It's just like, again, wildfire. So it fell on the 120, and then like wildfire, it went everywhere else, you know? What were they doing? They were praying. They were praying. You want wildfire to come? Pray. Gather together and pray. That's why we built this thing. Gather together and pray. Again, it's not about you. It's not about you. God is looking for a bride because he's coming back. He needs the nations as his inheritance, and he called us to get in a place of prayer because he's sending wildfire. You really have to make a choice. Is it going to be you that helps usher that in, or is it going to be someone else? Because this is the hour of this coming. It is coming. It is coming. Now, it, it, it'll land on five, or it'll land on more. You get to decide if you're going to be a part of this. All right, so the Acts Church, they're all hanging out. What are they doing? They are fellowshipping, which basically just means laughing their heads off, 
having fun, hugging each other, high-fiving each other. They're eating together. They're having, taking communion. They've just got this big swirly thing. And then it says that, that through this activity of love and through this activity of connectivity, they had all things in common. They had all things in common, root word for community. They had all things in common. And they, they, are, they are so enraptured with love and encountering the presence, they were like, I don't even give all my stuff away. <laughs> See, love makes you a giver. Love makes you a giver. And you're like, here, take my Mac. Have you ever been in some of Lou Ingalls meetings before? That guy will take up an offering, and you are literally, I've seen Georgia Smith take the boots off of her feet and go set them at the altar. <laughs> and I'm like, I saw people taking off Rolex watches and throwing them at the altar going, oh, must I be saved? But see, that's what happens. Wildfire, wildfire, wildfire. Come on, people. So anyway, uh, so they gave everything. They gave everything. And then, so, so here's what happened. The church is just exploding. The church is exploding because of this wildfire. Well, so... He's like, okay, wait, this isn't going to work because, you know, I got my apostles and they're exhausted. They're really tired. And so we need to, to, to kind of put some order in this thing so that they can minister to the Lord and, and, and just eat the word all day long. That's what they need to be doing. And the rest of us, he said, now I want you to appoint all these other people. And they're actually going to wait tables, which I always found that so interesting. Wait tables. What? It has to mean to... Uh, to me, what it means is they are going to take what the, the baking of the bread, the manna, the hot, fresh bread that the apostles are getting and help deliver the delivery system. I'm going to deliver all of this food to the table of the Lord so you guys can eat of it. <clears throat> so, so that's really what we're looking for today. I need you to wait tables. Because here's the thing. The Lord told me uh, at this summer, he said, I want you to do four things. I want you to pray. I want you to preach. I want you to teach. And I want you to write. He said, if you do anything else, you're in disobedience. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm a Martha. And I love to work. I love to put my shoulder with my buddies and just get after it. And, and I love people. But this is just the way of it, and this is going to be the way of it. So I really need you. And I need your help. We need your help. We need to set a table for the city. 